Are you in good company with healing? Well, you are now. This is my healing company, the place to awaken the divinity within you and heal the divine family through the power and authority of the mind, body, and spiritual technology. Hi, this is Proctor Rick with My Healing Company, and today we're going to talk about mind, body, and spirit. And it's going to start with uh, spiritual technology. So far, we've talked about three different ways that we can heal. Energy, or using chakras, or spiritual technology. A question came to me was, what is the power of prayer? And so I looked it up on my phone. I asked my phone, what's the power of prayer? And the answer I got was, it was a record recorded in 2020 by Bruce Springsteen called The Power of Prayer. <laughs> I said, okay, that's, that's good for me. No. <laughs> and so, you know, I had, I had to ask somebody else who I thought was a little bit more knowledgeable of the answer I wanted. And so I found out that it's the power of God. And it is also other things that we should talk about. And so who would like to talk about that? Oh, the power of prayer to me is like the receptacle and the plug. If you don't have the receptacle and the plug, you can't have light. So the power of prayer for me is not just an arbitrary act of, of repetition. It is literally in my mind and heart connecting my crown chakra with my heavenly family. And for me, it's very personal, especially as a result of learning about the angel kingdom as I've shared in my experience at Quest Haven in 2018. I have a story, a relationship with my heavenly family more intimately and more detailed than ever before. So the power of prayer is so much more purposeful in my world. Prayer to me is a very, it's a private conversation that I have with God. Prayer is a way that I'm able to communicate and, and have thoughts flow to me in a meaningful way. One thing that I, I think about often, I, I never struggled to pray. I did struggle to feel like my prayers were answered up until I married Tyler. And one of the most powerful testimonies I had is when we started praying together and we started to have the same purpose in our prayer and then we would stop and wait for some type of a response, I was always shocked because Tyler would turn to me and say, so what'd you think? How'd you feel? And I would tell him what I thought and how I felt. And I was shocked because he had the exact same thoughts that I did. And I had never realized that those thoughts and those feelings and those impressions, no one had ever taught that, that that process of me just getting random thoughts in my mind, because that's literally what it felt like, was random thoughts coming to my mind, that those were spiritual impressions, that that was personal revelation, that that was God speaking to me. And I quickly learned, because I had a second person where two or more are gathered, there is... Christ, right? That's what the scriptures say. And so because Tyler and I were together and we were praying for the same thing, he was helping teach me what that revelation 
was like, what that the sound of God was like to me, what that experience was like. And he helped me truly fine tune that expression to the point that I feel like I have a constant never ending conversation with God all day long. And it's a constant never ending discussion. And the thoughts that I receive because I am tuned in through my through my cranial chakra. I feel it. I actually literally physiologically feel it. I feel this ring that comes around here and it, it'll sometimes literally feel like it'll light up and warm up like this band around my head. It's like my, my message to myself. Oh, I'm getting a message. This is my digital download. I am being summoned to pay attention to whatever's happening right now. And it has been so powerful that I have been able to get to that point where not only do I feel it in my heart and just the thoughts in my brain very silently. But now it's to a point where I actually physiologically get a response because I am listening and I'm in tune. And you're open. Your heart and your mind is open. And I have an example that I learned. Our scriptures, for example, will give us specificity of what to do in our prayers. There is interpretation and translation. And we also know that there's scriptures that weren't included in part of the Bible. So I have an example about exactly what you're talking about, Melena, about not making prayer something that's just this isolated event that you are separate from and more in supplication to and as a victim needing something, but being in tune on a continual basis with an entity and and a feeling that I am part of this. This is part of me. So in our scripture in the King James Version of John, verses 16 through 23, where it says, Whatsoever ye ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Ask, and ye shall receive, and your joy may may be full. Now that seems like it should be logical, right? And this was tested in a study that they had indigenous people that would go out and pray for rain when there was a drought. And the people that weren't part of the tribe would be there and say, I am going to be praying for rain that is needed on our crops. And the Indians would say, no, you don't ask for what it is that you are praying for, because then you're telling the universe you are lacking something. You're not feeling the spirit of what will be brought to the universe when that, when that need is recognized. The alternative fashion is what the indigenous people do, is they will sit there and they will bring themselves back to the last rain. They will feel the rain on their body. They will smell the rain. They will see what the rain is doing to the plants and the animals around them. They will envision the rain and manifest the rain to them. And so that's a really good example of what I stated before, a book of Thomas that was not included in the Bible. In the Greek and Aramaic translation from the book of Thomas, it uses different words to explain that same scripture that was in the King James Version of John 16, 23. This is how it's explained, that same scripture. All things that you ask straightly, directly from inside my name, you will be given. Ask without hidden motive and be surrounded by your answer. Be enveloped by what you desire, that your gladness be full. So you go into it as if your prayer has been answered. 
Your body is healed. Your perfect relationship is here. Your abundance is present. Feel with your senses and tell what you're doing with intent, what is happening or already happened, and then you seal it in trust and faith and truth of your heavenly family. That's a completely different way of looking at prayer, of being in the answer instead of being in the supplication. Yeah, I think that's awesome. It's just recognizing the power that we have inside of us to co-create with our heavenly family. Yeah, I agree. If you think about in the world how at any one point in time, there can be, you know, hundreds of people praying for different things. And that collective spiritual energy technology that um, people are generating as they are supplicating or manifesting those things into their reality, if we are able to plug into that together as a group of people, we can only imagine what that can do for this world, how needed it is for prayer to affect change. Because if we will be given those things that we ask for, as promised to us by our Heavenly Family through our, our Savior Jesus Christ, then we should be asking for those things that will bring world peace, that will bring a feeling of safety and security, as opposed to the overarching feeling of fear that I feel dominates our society today. And it makes me think of the new Disney movie. Oh, if you haven't seen the new Disney movie, Wish, you need to go see it. Yes, Disney, I am promoting it. It is amazing. And the reason I bring that up is because the main character, the protagonist, starts out with these wonderful, pure intentions. Magnifico. And what happens is, is he becomes filled with fear. And that fear is what poisons him. And isn't that truly what has happened in our society is we are so afraid of anything that we are not familiar with. That movie I felt like was such an amazing commentary on our society as it is now because we are so filled with fear that us as children of God, of a mother and a father, us as children of divine parents, when we become filled with fear, we no longer are following the divine plan of salvation because we are forcing others to do things our way. In fact, if we talk about, in our faith, we talk about the plan of salvation. And one of the most beautiful stories in that is that we believe in the pre-mortal existence. God came to all of his children and said, this is the plan. Who will I send to allow the plan to happen? And we know in the scriptures, it says that Lucifer, the son of the morning came up and said, send me and give me all the credit, and not one person will be lost. And I was talking to my sister, and she said, wish for her was that premortal existence. That was Magnifico's plan. It was his way. It was supposed to be his way. And he was going to guarantee that everyone was going to be happy, and no one was going to be hurt. But that wasn't the plan. The plan was, as Jesus Christ was sent down, and he said, send me, and it not be my will, but thine and thy glory be thine. No, I'm not quoting it perfectly, but that is the plan of salvation. The plan of salvation is not to instill fear and to be filled with fear when we don't understand something that is not something that we are comfortable with, right? It truly is about 
accepting. That's why we have a Savior. That's why we believe collectively that there is Jesus Christ who has allowed us to be able to come here to this earth, make mistakes, muddle our way through it. We are all spiritual toddlers trying to figure out what it is that we're doing. And he has allowed us to do this in our way, which is why in our last podcast, I had mentioned the 11th article of faith. But, you know, we also believe in the 13th article of faith. And in the 13th article of faith, it says that we believe in seeking after everything that is lovely, praiseworthy, or of good report. Because these things are the things that bring fruits of the Spirit. It's these things that allow us to be able to connect. It's these things that allow us to have our minds open to what it is that we truly are supposed to be experiencing here on this mortal school that we are experiencing, right? And it's when the fear comes in that it takes that away from us, that it really ends up becoming no longer our, our divine parents, our heavenly parents' plan. That wasn't the plan they had for us. They had a plan. Men are that they might have joy in their mistakes. That's a crazy thought. They came and sent us here to make mistakes because that's the only way that we can truly learn how to be like them. And we came here to make mistakes with training wheels and bumpers all over. And those are in the form of our angels. Our angels are everywhere. I have going to be 17 grandbabies and the ones that I'm so blessed to be around often, they all know that their Grammy talks about angels all the time. And now they talk about angels. They know that every tree has an angel and, and that there are angels that are there guiding and directing us all the time. And so when you can look at the earth and the world around you as a friendly place, as a place that if there's a problem, well, okay, but all will be well. And I know that this is happening for my highest good. And then you will manifest that answer because you are plugging into the energy of the manifestation, not the energy of the problem. And you do that with knowing that you've got all this, this ethereal support around you. And that's not crazy. That's the most sane way of thinking in this dispensation of time. Well, thank you for that, because I, my next question is, how do we use the angel's power and where do they come from? Cultures. Angels have been implied to be messengers from God, messengers from the divine power, messengers from the higher power. But one thing that I find so fascinating is that in indigenous cultures, so when I say most cultures, we're talking probably mostly Western civilization and then Eastern civilizations. In indigenous cultures, just like you had mentioned, Leslie, in regards to these indigenous cultures, when you had natives go out and pray, they didn't talk about what they needed, right? They supplicated to the things and were grateful for the things they had. And part of that, I believe, is because instead of having a, an idea that there were just one view of what is protecting and in, around them, they had actually a polytheistic view of the world. So spirits of animals or ancestors they were the ones coming and bringing messages to people. And they would usually come in the form of dreams or in quests that they would be given through divine inspiration. And these totems, when they eventually would convert to Christianity, ended up kind of being encompassed in this idea of angels. Because they come in all those forms. Exactly. An angel will come in an animal. 
or in a bird or a, a stream that you come upon or a grove of trees. All of that is energy that is around us and you can feel it. We've all been in the experience, the four of us, where we were at a space uh, on this earth that we could feel some dark energy and we immediately went to a grove of trees and it was like we were immersed in a warm bath. You could feel it. You could feel the energy completely shift. So it's just, again, understanding that everything around us is energy and we're looking for that spiritual connection where we get the light from our heavenly family and we will feel it. We will know it. You know, there's no discounting the fact that we really do through the connectivity of these chakras and our body, mind and spiritual technology connection. We do have the sensors inside of us to be guided. We just need to stop and listen and trust ourselves. Trust the power that we have inside of us, not fear it. One thing that I felt was very interesting when we went to this healing retreat down in Panama City Beach, where we got to meet this shaman and she was able to teach us so much fascinating and amazing things from her spiritual belief. You know, it really, we got immersed into her spiritual practice and it was this beautiful experience in a lot of ways that even the space we were in felt very similar to our LDS temples, mm -hmm. which might sound very sacrilegious, but it was amazing because there was a peace there, a very similar peace because that place had been blessed and that place had a sense of compassion and love that we experience when we visit our temples, wherever they are dotted across the earth. But one thing that she taught us that I had not recognized prior, but since have I can't help but notice are the visual manifestations of animals coming when you are in discussion or thinking about different things. And specifically the one that she was always mentioning, there were two, they were birds and they were butterflies. And whenever there were birds, it was the manifestation of the divine feminine. And whenever there were butterflies, it was the manifestation of Mary Magdalene and Mary Magdalene coming in her sainthood as the Catholics believe as she has been placed on the saint pedestal and her coming and accepting whatever it is that was being spoken of at that time. And at first I was kind of dismissing it because, you know, this is what I've been taught. But we were on the sixth floor of a condo. Butterflies don't fly that high. Beachfront. Beachfront nonetheless. We could see the ocean. And as we were having discussions and as we were talking and as we were exchanging thoughts and informations, we would see butterflies across our patio. Not one, not two. We probably saw 10 butterflies over the course of like an hour. And every time we'd say, that's Mary Magdalene. She's here and she is blessing this conversation. And every time the, the birds, when they were ever they were mentioned, they would make the most fascinating designs in the air. And again, I thought to myself, oh, yeah, right. Birds don't do that. That's not a thing. I cannot tell you the number of times I drive to work. I drive in town, okay? Not in the suburbs, especially recently over Thanksgiving break. I was crossing over a highway and a cloud of black, not blackbirds, but a cloud of birds. I'm not sure what kind of bird species they were, but it was a black cloud. It almost looked like a swarm of bees. There were that many right in front of me, 
on the highway and they were swooping around. And I know that there's a, there's a scientific word for birds when they do this, but this is not a common thing. And I have been seeing it everywhere. These large mass number of birds that are constantly manifesting themselves wherever I am. If I'm having a thought and then I sit and I think, oh, what was I just thinking? Because that was for me. And it's such a simple thing that you could really easily just completely dismiss it. But since I have now been made aware of it and I see it, to me, it's a lot more than just a bunch of natural wildlife that just so happens to be making these fascinating patterns around me. To me, it is, it is the way that my divine family is speaking to me through these angels Thank and allowing me to be able to see that you are seen and that you are loved and that that is, that is what keeps me close to all that we are in, in relation to. It keeps me close even to mother nature as we see it because we're not connected, right? I mean, there was, so that one day, another day I had bunnies. We have bunnies in our yard, but I had a bunny come up within maybe three feet of me. Bunnies don't do that. <laughs> they don't do that. And I was like, I wonder what that means. And so I quickly look it up. What does it mean when a bunny comes close to you? And I was shocked to think, to, to learn that that's a thing. Like people believe that is part of a belief system that if animals come to you, they are speaking to you. Oh, absolutely. Yes, it's part of a totem. So again, it goes to what I've said more than once, that you either believe, as Einstein said, that everything is a miracle or nothing is. So you have to be looking for it You, in terms of being open to it. You can't be closed-minded to think that, that, that these certain rules or regulations that belong to any organization are the end-all, be-all in the only way. Gathering Zion is when we gather all of the goodness that is around us, like the article of faith, everything that is virtuous, lovely, and of good report. We want all of that around us. And when we can finally open our minds to that understanding, we will see the animals differently. We will see the vegetation differently. We will feel the angels in all of that sphere because we have our crown chakras connected to our spiritual family, like the receptacle in the flood, creating light. Would, would that be our personal spiritual technology? That would be our personal spiritual technology. And then we're also following our dear prophet, right? Hasn't he said that we are called to gather Israel? Israel is gathering of those who let God prevail in their lives, right? It's not just a blanket statement over a certain people that we talk about in the scriptures. He, in fact, goes as far as to say in this talk where he talks about it, that it is anyone who let God provide and prevail in their lives. And so that, that encompasses every religion that allows God to prevail in their lives, that allows every belief system that allows God to prevail in their life. Well, if you stop and think about it, the whole world right now is forced to use technology, right? So when the whole world is forced to use spiritual technology and forced just by the belief of their heart and mind and knowledge that that is the way we heal divine families, that's when we change the world. Wouldn't that be the power of prayer? That's part of the power of prayer. And the power of angels. And the power of energy healing. And the power of love. Really, isn't that two great commandments, right? To love God with all thy heart, might, mind, and strength, and 
to love thy neighbor as thyself without fear or judgment. Because if we truly have that love and see each other in that light, we allow people to make mistakes. We allow people to see things differently and we allow others to worship God as they will and as they may. Because Joseph Smith knew, you have to think he was in a time surrounded by confusion, right? Everyone was saying, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. And yes, he did have a vision. And in that vision, it was told to him that none of them were right completely. But he also was not told to go and bash them. He wasn't. Because of the pushback that he got from his vision, from all of these other denominations, he made it a point to put it in our articles of faith. We are not going to be like them. Us as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we will not shake our finger at other religions because we know what it's like. We have been persecuted because of our beliefs and we want to be able to believe the way that we do. And because of that, we are not going to push our beliefs on anyone because we know that God speaks to all his children in their own way and in their own time, and they will all have their own path back, regardless of what that path may be. That's right. Just like the air and oxygen that we believe all around us, the air and oxygen includes all of the spiritual technology that's all around us. It's accessible to each and every one of us at any time. That's our interest. That's right. I concur. I concur. Amen. Amen. And so it is. Thank you for joining us on your healing journey at My Healing Company. We hope you found inspiration, knowledge, and insights that can empower you and your family to live a more balanced and divine life. If you're ready to take the next step in your healing, we invite you to explore our services and resources at MyHealingCompany.com. There, you will find a wealth of information, services, workshops, and events to support your path to healing and transformation. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media for the latest updates, interviews, and enlightening content. Your feedback and questions are always welcome. We'd love to hear from you, so please feel free to reach out. Remember, healing is a continuous journey that is best done through the power of spiritual technology. We are here to support you every step of the way. Take good care of yourself and stay connected with us for more healing insights and wisdom. Until next time, continue to awaken your divinity through the power of your mind, body, and spirit.